Next week, we are going to be launching into a new series called Everyday Church. We are going to go through the book of 1 Peter. I can't wait for this series. It is going to be a joy going through 1 Peter. I'm going to start us out next week. Over the course of the series, you're going to hear from me. You'll hear from Russell. You'll hear from Sammy. And you will also hear from Keelan Cook. Some of you may not know Keelan. I am excited to introduce you all to Keelan because I think he's the best. So this is going to be a fun series. But today, we are going to finish our Changed World series. So uh, on Easter, we essentially established Jesus came. He has brought change to the world. And since then, we have been talking every week, how has he changed the world? How is this world different? And today, we are going to look at yet again another way that he has changed this world in an active way for us. So would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, I thank you. This is a joy to really get into your word, to look at you, to focus on you, and to see, are you good? Do you satisfy? Can we trust you? I ask, Lord, that your word is clear, that my words are clear to these folks. And Holy Spirit, I invite you here in a powerful way. Move so that we can see you. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so uh, Megan and I, my wife Megan and myself, we have been looking for a house for about a month. Now, we had already been talking earlier this year about going to look for a house to move into, and it was like, a, hey, it'd be nice to have a house. We'd love to not be renting. Let's go look. And so we kind of, you know, briefly looked at HAR, which I bet many of you do as well, just because you're bored. You're like, hey, what's available out there? So we did, and we had fun with it. And then it went from, hey, let's find a house. That would be fun, to uh, You need to be moved out of our place by July 31st. So we went from, we can look on our time, to we need to have a roof over our head ASAP. So it really changed the tone of, let's go look for a house. Uh, the tenor between us was a little bit more anxious. Uh, so we have looked at houses. We have put offers in on houses. We have been declined and declined and declined, go, you know, going into like a bidding process on all but one uh, and having this, we weren't the ones that were picked. And after every time that we had put in an offer and that offer was declined, I felt great disappointment. And it wasn't just like great disappointment. It was like disappointment kind of leading to deep feelings of dread. And then those deep feelings of dread had me sitting in a really unhappy emotional spot. And I had to start asking myself, is this really about the house? Is this about the house or is it about something more? Was it perhaps that I was trying to find satisfaction in something else other than Jesus? Grab your Bibles. If you do not have a Bible, raise your hand and Sarah will come and adorn you with a Bible and she will throw one your way. And if you don't have a paper Bible, it is a-okay to ask for one today because we'll be in Psalm 107 and we'll kind of be looking at the whole chapter. So... Uh, just hold your hand up real slightly, and we'll go there. So Psalm 107 is where we will be. So let me go into context. 
a bit. Psalm 107, uh, it doesn't really say that there is a clear author of this. So it could be writer or writers, people who were um, authoring or worshiping rather uh, in the temple. And they are writing to Israel. Israel to this point had been straying away from God. Israel had been looking to other things other than God to satisfy them. And the writers here are saying, do you remember how well things went when you sought after your own way? Do you remember how happy you were when you thought, I'm just going to go chase something else for satisfaction? What was the result of that? So in the book of Psalm, chapter 107, if you jump down, we'll look at verse 4. Now, I'm going to just summarize it. In verse 4, this is what the writers are reminding them of. What have you all been doing? Well, where have you been? Some, some wandered in deserts with no hope of finding water or a safe city. So when they chased after their own interest, this was the result. A hot desert with no safety in sight. That doesn't sound great. Verse 10, what was the result of somebody else searching after something other than God. Well, they sat in darkness in prisons. They sat in chains and in irons. They rebelled. Prison is what that led them to. What else do we see? Verse 17, jump ahead a little bit. Others sinned. They just went after something else other than God. And the result of their sin actually led them to pain. It brought on pain in their own life. So there was kind of a, um, they made some sinful choices, and then they had to deal with the consequences of those choices. And then what is this other group? Verse 23 we see that some people actually disobeyed God. They went after things other than God, and they said, you know, I don't really want you in charge. I'm going to make my own destiny. I'm going to go and work on the ships for other nations. I am going to go and do other things than you have advised me. So they chased after the almighty dollar or the almighty whatever currency uh, that they used at that time. And uh, They chased after it. They ran away from God. They went to the seas. And what happened to them? Well, they were stuck on the seas when all of the sea gave great upheaval, almost crashed their ships. They were in an awful spot. So the writer here in Psalm 107 is saying right at the start, I want us to play the refresh game. How did it go for you when you went and sought after satisfaction in other gods, in other peoples, and in other ways aside from mine. And so these writers are bringing it to the mind of the people. It didn't go really, really well, did it? It didn't go well. Now, back to our house story. Last Wednesday morning, uh, I meet with two very fine gentlemen, Javier Garza, Kyle Sanchez, We meet once a week, and we talk about kind of life and and God, and we were talking about our frustrations, and I kind of just let loose about this whole housing situation, because it had gotten to a point that we had had an offer, and they were sitting on our offer, and we weren't hearing back, and we weren't hearing back, and I was finding that I was being churned up inside. I found that I just couldn't find any rest, and as I was sharing with Kyle and with Javi, I realized 
I, I said a statement, and when it came out of my mouth, it was one of those like, oh, oh, that was way more true than I thought it was. And I told Kyle, because they are looking for an apartment as well, and I was like, frankly, it just feels that I'm trying to find this perfect house so that once I find it, then I can be happy. Once I find this place, then I can be satisfied. And then when I said it, it was just kind of like, oh no, that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. I am looking for my satisfaction, my worth in this house. And because we can't find it, and because it's all up in the air, then my happiness is all up in the air. My self-worth is uncertain. And I realized when I told them, I was like, this, I am. I am, I am running to something else other than God. See, the Israelites were doing the same thing. They were looking somewhere else, to something else to satisfy them. So in Psalm 107, he keys in on these instances. These were awful situations. You were a part of them. They're not good. Do you remember how awful it was to be in the desert? Do you remember how awful it was to be locked up in prisons on the sea, suffering the result of what you have done? Do you remember how awful it was? What did they do? When they were in that situation, the writer brings them back. So what you see in verses 6, 13, 19, and 28, it all says the same thing. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. They were in an awful situation. They had been chasing somebody other than Jesus, or chasing somebody other than God and his ways that he had made clear to them. They cried out, And in every single situation, God swept in and he saved them. God swept in and he said, Israel, I will take you from what is ailing you. I will save you. And then God reminds them in verses 8, 15, 21, and 31, all of them have the same verse. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man. God revealed himself to these people. Look back at uh, verses 1 through 3 that Sarah read. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. God had swept in and reminded these people, reminded Israel, this is who I am and this is what I have done for you. This is who I am and this is what I have done for you. But you know what's annoying? Israel had God come and save them. They were in an awful way. God came into that environment and he swooped down and he saved them and he put them in safety. And that was good for maybe a year or two. Every time in Israel's history, they were, God swept in, he saved them, he put them in a better place. And then after a little while, they pretty much forgot what God had done. And they would walk away and they would go and do their own thing. And then they would find themselves back in trouble and God would have to, and then they'd cry out again and God would have to bring them back. He would save them and say, remember my covenant. 
Remember my covenant, how I'm going to love and support you. And they forgot. They forgot. When I was studying this week, it struck me. Israel constantly got saved. Just like olive oil with Popeye. I mean, olive oil just was always in trouble. And Popeye was always saving olive oil. Israel was constantly getting in trouble. And God was constantly saving them. But it seemed that Israel didn't just need to be saved. Israel needed a savior. Israel didn't just need to be saved. Israel needed a savior. They needed somebody who would pay for their sins. They needed somebody who was actually going to make a way for them to live in satisfaction in the moment in him. Now the beauty is, that's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly who Jesus was. All throughout the Old Testament, they kept promising this coming Messiah, this coming Savior, somebody that was not going to just like a lamb sacrificed for the sins of the people again and again and again, but he was going to sacrifice once. Jesus came. He sacrificed once for them. And when Jesus came down to earth to pay for sin, he died once. And he rose from the dead. And when he rose, he gave us, all of us who believe in him, his righteousness. And so now Israel was looking forward to the time when there would be a savior. A time when there would be somebody who could save them and be their savior. Not just having to come intermittently and save them, but continually be their savior. on Wednesday afternoon, last week. So I met with Kyle and Javi in the morning. We heard on the house that we were waiting, 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 waiting to hear back on, that in fact the reason they hadn't responded to us was they had a surprise buyer. They had somebody else that was putting an offer in on this house. And they were heavily considering them. And I felt that I had the rug pulled out from underneath me. I was already frustrated on not hearing back. And now we don't know what's going on. Our offer seems to be up in the air. I had already talked to, ha- to Javi and Kyle. I had already established that I was looking for my satisfaction in this potential buying of a home. I had already written half of my sermon with the focus of finding my satisfaction in Jesus. And in that moment, all I could see was red. I was so frustrated. And so I, I had to get up from my computer and I just had to walk. I, had, I walked out of my office and started walking down Alabama. And I was like, I need some me and Jesus time because I can't see straight. And so, so I start walking and I start praying. And I was like, God, I, I have literally continued to write the words that you are good and that you satisfy. And in this moment, I'm not finding it. I'm not believing it. What I realized in that moment was that I was seeking, well, what I realized was I was believing a lie. I was believing a lie. The lie was that I could find my joy And I could find my happiness in something other than God. I believe that sticks and bricks could make my way. 
And I realize that as I'm kind of angrily praying to God, why? Why is this happening? What is going on? I want to believe you. I want to believe in you. But right now I'm having a problem. So I text Eric. Eric Rodriguez, he goes to this church. He's my friend and realtor. And I'm texting him, you know, I was trying to text a good game face. He read right through my false bravado. And he knew I was frustrated. And as I'm praying and as I'm texting, Eric texted me this. God chooses to work in the way he chooses to work. I try not to question the way he works anymore. Sometimes it's easier just to trust. Sometimes it's easier just to trust. So I read this text, and I was like, come on, Eric, why do you have to be right? And so I read that, and I'm walking, and I I kid you not, moments after I have read the truth of God from my brother, I take a few steps, and I just, I notice this house that's being uh, refurbished, redone. And the realtor of that house is sitting out in front of the house. He's leaning against his car, and he's on the phone. And I walk by, and the moment I walk by, he says to his client, look, just don't worry. Don't worry. This is all going to work out fine. It's going to be okay. Don't worry, man. It's going to be fine. I know that he was talking to his client, but I am certain that God was talking to me. That God was using a random stranger, realtor man, to get through to my heart. And at that moment, in that trip around the block, for that moment, I remembered I needed Jesus. He was the one who satisfies And he was the one who had this. Now I can fast forward a little bit and say, my wife then in her, in my frustration, I just went and walked and yelled at God. And she went to the computer and said, what other houses are available? And so we looked at a house later that afternoon and now we're under contract. So that's that's a praise. Um, But the thing is, I honestly... I didn't even have that little addendum because that's not the celebratory part. Yes, God has provided us a house right now and I'll believe it when I have the keys. So (laughs) let's hold the celebration. But um, the reality is that's not the highlight of this. It is that God was already satisfactory, that God was already good and that he already had me in his hands. He loves us. He loves you, and he isn't going to just let any circumstance come and take us. There is a president of a college who said, there is nothing that is going to come out from under a rock and surprise God. So when we have situations that are awful, when we have things in our lives that are not going in the way we want, we have a choice. How are we going to respond? Are we going to look to him to be our satisfaction? Or are we going to pull an Andrew, get all worried, get all flustered, and start spinning and look for satisfaction in something other than Jesus? Because the truth of the matter is, Jesus has a prom- he's promised us that he is the abundant life. John 10.10, 10, you've got it up above. 
Jesus says that he came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus has promised us that in him we can find satisfaction. In him we can find abundant life. Now, I know you can't always say take the negative and and then show it's true, but in this case, if we're looking for abundant life, if we are looking for satisfaction in anything other than Jesus, it's going to fall short. It's going to fall short. So today there's two things that I want to remind you of. One, Jesus is satisfying. Jesus is good. Look to him for satisfaction. Because anywhere else is going to leave you spinning too, just as it did me. But here's the other thing. Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 10, 23 through 25 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Last week, I needed Javi. Last week, I needed Kyle. I needed Eric. I needed my wife. I needed my loop group. They reminded me of the good news of Jesus Christ. They reminded me of my ever-present Savior. When we look at Psalm 107, we've got Israel who's been in a bad spot in a bad way. They have been saved from it, but the writers are saying, don't forget. Don't forget. You've got to remember. God has saved you. God is good. And we are going to sing this song saying that God is Savior and God is good and you can rely on him. Look to him to satisfaction. God is has given us Jesus, the ultimate satisfier. And here's the difference. See, Israel just needed to remember that God was good. And they did need to remind each other. But they didn't have ultimate satisfaction like we do in Jesus Christ. We get to look to Jesus and say, because he's good, I don't need to look for any satisfaction elsewhere. Because he is great. He's in charge, and I don't have to worry about being in control. Because God is glorious, because he is glorious, I don't have to fear anybody. And because God is gracious, I don't have to seek approval from anyone. God is good. God is great. God is gracious, and God is glorious. And we can look to him for our satisfaction. And we as the church get to encourage one another. We get to be gospel reminderers to one another. This is what we have in the church is each other. I don't think I'm unique that I needed these men and my loop group around me this past week. You're going to need people around you too. So, look up from your notes, look around. Make that awkward eye contact with people who are around you, real live human beings. You need these people 
and these people need you. God has given us a gift in this church at Neartown of brothers and sisters who are being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, in college, the, uh, my Greek professor taught me a word. It's like my favorite Greek word, mainly because it sounds fun. Epifumanumanoi. Epifumanumanoi means we, the ones who are being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are the epifumanumanoi. We are being empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel good news of Jesus into the lives of everybody else who needs those reminders, who needs to be told, don't believe the lie. Believe in the truth. Believe in Jesus. Find your satisfaction in him. So today, I'm calling us to walk away from consumerism, to walk away from materialism, to walk away from individualism, things that are going to challenge our need for each other. And I'm asking all of us, band together, arm and arm, and see Jesus as satisfying. We all need Jesus and we all need each other. Here at Neartown, we have things called loop groups. This is how we've organized our midweek gatherings so that you can surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you and who you can encourage, who are going to be in your life. I know sometimes that accountability sounds like a swear word. You don't want to get into accountability because it sounds like somebody who's going to follow you around with a ruler and smack your fingers. That's not accountability. Accountability is, hey, I want to talk to you about the good and satisfying work of Jesus. Jesus has satisfied me. Has he satisfied you? We get to encourage one another to find our satisfaction in Jesus. So if you are at Neartown or you're joining us at Neartown for one of the first times, and this is the first time hearing about Loop Group, you want more information, grab your Connect card. Put your name on it. Good contact information so I can actually answer your questions. Check that circle that says, I want to join a loop group. Throw it in that blue box in the back. My desire, Russell's desire, we as leaders want this church to go towards Jesus arm in arm and seek satisfaction in him. That's what we want. Help us. I'm not pulling Jerry Maguire. Help us help you. But I I want all of us to see that Jesus is satisfying and that he's given us each other to do that. So here's what we're going to do. As Chris and band make their way up, I want you to grab your bulletin. Flip it over to that notes section and grab a pen. And I want all of us to get real honest with ourselves. Be honest with yourself and write down an area in your life when, where you've been believing a lie. Write down an area of your life where you've believed a lie and that you need to actively seek Jesus as your satisfaction there instead. This past week, I would have written that my house hunt had become an idol and that my joy in Jesus had been supplanted by some sticks and bricks. I needed to find my joy in him and in him alone. 
So the first thing that you are going to write, write something on your sheet where you've been believing a lie and where you need to find Jesus as satisfactory instead. And then the second thing I want you to write down, write down the name of somebody that you need to encourage with the satisfaction of Jesus. Think of somebody in your life who has also been believing a lie and bring to them the good news of Jesus. Write down that name. And then as we are about to reflect through song, Chris will sing, the band will play. Pray to God that you can see him as satisfactory there and that you have the words this week to go and encourage somebody where you are finding satisfaction, where you can say to them, you know what, I needed this. I needed to be reminded that Jesus is good and I want to tell you about how he's working in me and I want to help you find him as good too. Would you all bow your heads with me? Jesus, you are active, you are moving. We are empowered by you. You are good. You are good. Let us find our satisfaction in you. Lord, bring to mind places in our hearts where we've walked away from you. Jesus, bring to mind people who need to know your good word, where we live, where we work, where we play. Bring to mind somebody that we can share the good news of you with. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. We trust in you in all things.